Hi, this is Marty Ross Bjornsson from Evanston, a longtime educator and environmentalist. You're listening to WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. For me, nature is one of the neatest things on this planet. That's why Rodney and I started Nature Walk, because we want everyone to know how neat nature is, instead of just me and Rodney knowing it. How neat is that? That's pretty neat. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at this. This is a walking stick. These puppies are hard to find. Wow. Now, this isn't an actual walking stick. This is just a stick, but it gives you an idea of what one would look like. <laughs> There you go, little buddy. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the right? You know, it's never a good sign when Peggy's looking in the studio and she's looking at me and she goes like shrugs and goes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> goes, I don't know. So, no Facebook. No Facebook. Uh, so those of you who are listening on Facebook, you're not hearing us. All right. I just want to right now. I just wanted to make sure that uh, those of you who are listening on Facebook are not. Quote, we are refreshing it again, says Andrew. Uh, again. Are we are we are we having an uh, issue? OK. Anyway, welcome. It's, uh, it's the Northeast breeze. Uh, taking it out. We and um, uh, here we are. Welcome to um the Arctic Circle uh, in Chicago. Uh, those of you who have been trying to deal with your tomatoes and your your warm season plants and not knowing what to do with them, we got a report, and we'll talk about this when meteorologist Rick DeMaio comes on later. He said, and, and I didn't see anybody else say this on TV yesterday. He says, I don't see any 90s at all in the near future, and I don't really see any 80s in the area, in the near future. And I thought, holy smokes, how come nobody else is saying that? Uh, but our guy does, and uh, that's not great news, obviously. No. Um, especially if, but I, my tomatoes are in the, some of them are in the ground. I think some of them are going to go in the ground today, and uh, some of them uh, might uh, get there, ah, who knows when. 
Uh, uh, either that or the tomatoes will actually be just in the little pots. And, no, that, uh, that won't work too well, uh, although no, I no, have no, tomatoes no. on them right now. I do, now. too. I have, I have little plant, <laughs> little tiny tomatoes, and they're in little four-inch pots, and, and the plant's saying, Hey, when are Help you going to put me in the ground here, dude? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Tuesday, Peggy and I. Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, are going downtown uh, to uh, to talk about the Forest Preserve District of Cook County. And if you don't live in Cook County, or if you do, uh, you sh- and you don't know this, you should know it's the first in the world and one of the greatest in the world. And it's just a remarkable thing that 100 years ago, a bunch of people with foresight said, you know, we have to save these lands that ring the city of Chicago uh, for future mm-hmm. generations. And that's what's so amazing about it, the foresight that folks had to to get that land say a hey, hundred more than a hundred years ago now because they just celebrated their hundredth anniversary a few years ago so um we will be talking to arnold randall who is the general superintendent for the forest preserves of cook county uh and uh and that's in in anticipation of our event on tuesday we're going to go downtown to daily plaza Right smack dab in the, you know, it's interesting. It's smack dab in the middle of Chicago, and we're going to talk about the forest preserves mm-hmm. that ring the city. Um, the irony has not been lost on me, uh, but we'll talk to Arnold about that. But, you know, we'll be talking to Cook County President uh, Tony Preckwinkle, not today, but on Tuesday. So that will be cool. Yeah. And uh, Quite a few other people will be talking. Oh, yeah. To we well. got we got a full line. We're going to be uh, talking. I, I think we're going to have a bird of prey and a tortoise. Yeah. And. If we can get Facebook online, then uh, we will. Uh, we're going to stream all that live on Tuesday. So we don't actually have a radio show when we do that, but we'll be streaming it live on Facebook. So uh, we hope you folks uh, tune in then. And they're still, I get, uh, you know, it's not good when you're looking at the screen and you're just seeing them do stuff there. Have we uh, have we achieved uh, live streaming yet? I don't, no, no, uh, I, and I, not. And maybe we won't. Who knows? Yes, and, uh, and people, people. for everyone listening to us on Facebook, not Ellie is posting. Please listen to us on AM fifteen ninety. There you go, old school. We got to tell people to go and old 95 school. Ninety five nine. That's right, uh, AM fifteen ninety, which is uh, you need a radio. Why well, you don't actually? You can stream radio. Radio. You can stream um, that. Go to uh, mikenovak.net. Right. In fact, uh, you 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 mentioned it, so I can. I can do this for you. I have the technology. Radio. Oh, radio. Okay, that's how you do it. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're working on our tech stuff, but we got a great show for you, so stick around. Lots going on. We'll be right back. Want to put more life into your backyard soil? The folks at Blazing Star Nursery were amazed at how biologicals from a company called Tinyo helped transform a barren former cornfield to a vibrant native landscape. Now they recommend those products to home gardeners. Tinyo's microbial, mycorrhizal fungi and enzymes can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Go to blazing-star.com and while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. 
spring is finally in the air, and the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards are taking applications for this year's garden competition. Whether your garden is in your backyard, at a school, a church, a business, a community garden, or even an urban farm, you can enter as long as the garden is in the city of Chicago. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. That's chicagogardeningawards.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki and uh, just pull that uh, microphone down there, Mr. Randall. And uh, we love it when uh, our guests come to the studio in person, even when they come skidding in. <laughs> You're safe now. Everything's cool, right? I'm good. The Thank cul-de-sac uh, work uh, <laughs> that we have on our little street uh, messes people up sometimes. So uh, sorry about that. And I bet that's kind of what happened to you. And you, yeah, if you need volume, do you hear yourself? I can hear myself, yeah. Okay. Great. And we can hear you, so everything's good. Yay. Uh-huh. Great. Okay. Uh, that guy, that, that disembodied voice over there is Arnold Randall, General Superintendent for the Forest Preserve District of Cook County. And uh, gosh, it's great to see you again. It's been a long, long time. It's been a while. I was just thinking it's probably been about seven years since I've been on your show. I believe it was six because it was 2013. I went and okay. looked at it. And uh, you were on 2012 as well. So That's right. uh, a couple of times back uh, when I was at Progresso Radio down the dial. And, and here's the new digs. So now you got the new digs I here. I like it. It's very cool, isn't it? Yep. And and they're furiously manipulating uh, Facebook Live inside the uh, control room, but we're broadcasting live on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM. Uh, I'm tuning in and streaming live off MikeNovak.net. That's right, and a whole bunch of places. Chicago Smart Talk, WCGO. So welcome. And uh, big deal, uh, big deal coming up on Tuesday that we're really happy to be part of. Um, and I and I was talking before the break. The irony has not escaped me that we're gathering people downtown to talk about the things that are ringing the city. Yes, but you have to do that sometimes, don't we, you? We have to go where the people are, right? Exactly, so that's part exactly. of it. So the event is called Live Healthy, Discover Nature. It's an annual event that we hold down in Daly Plaza, uh, and it, this will be this Tuesday from ten to two. And uh, this is our chance to to catch the downtown crowd, folks mm-hmm. who might be downtown working or or you know visiting downtown, shopping, whatever, uh, to come by and, and really uh, inform them and show them what's going on in the forest preserves that generally ring ring the city. There are some mm-hmm. in the city as well, northwest side, southwest side, a little bit of southeast side. But chance to really talk, show people. We have a lot of our partners are going to be there with us. People who partner with us, friends of the forest preserve and. People who uh, hold fishing events and all sorts of activities throughout the forest preserves, uh, the remote control uh, radio flyer guys are out there. So it'll be a good mm-hmm. mix, uh, fishing people and all that. And then we'll have some of our animals from our nature centers will be there as well. And for those of you who aren't 
familiar with the Forest Preserve District of Cook County, and I mentioned this again before the break. I I, I put a little thing on the blog. I said, uh, this is the uh, Forest Preserve District by the numbers, and it goes something like this. Nearly 69,000 acres of natural areas and open space, 22 dedicated nature preserves, biologically diverse, rare native forests, woodlands, savannas, prairies, and wetlands, six nature centers offering education programs for all ages, interpretive trails and exhibits, one wildlife research facility, 311 picnic groves, 40 managed lakes and ponds, two youth camps, seven major waterways, three aquatic centers, 10 golf facilities, and 300 miles of marked trails. And you and I think there are folks out there would can't imagine that happening in Cook County. Right, you can't imagine that's also close to the, a big city like Chicago. And actually, uh, you probably look. We need to update our website. We have five campgrounds. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an older one. It's yeah. an older one. Yeah. yeah. So Whoa, we, sorry. No, we well we've been busy, and we're yeah. almost at seventy thousand acres of land now. And I mm-hmm. think it is really. Um, the thing that makes us really unique, because you go out west and you've got these huge tracts of, of open space and public lands, but this amount of acreage close to a big city like Chicago is really unusual and unique and, and special. And I think I heard you mention earlier that there were people over 100 years ago who, who realized how important it was to protect these lands for the long term. And thank goodness they did, because we have this, this magnificent, magnificent legacy of natural spaces. And we're not parks. You know, these are really places right. you can go out and hike and fish and be outdoors, ride a horse. I was out on Friday with some staff. We saw people riding horses out in the I Palos area. I thought you were going to say you were riding a horse. I have, I have done some riding in the preserves, but not not, not, not Friday. But um, it's, there's, you can do all those really cool outdoor things and just immerse yourself in nature where you you think you're in Michigan or, or Wisconsin or something. <laughs> and, and, and then it, you're, you know, minutes away yes. from the city. Uh, and, uh, which means if you're in the city, you're minutes away from a forest preserve That's as right. well. You're about 20 minutes away from anywhere in the city. You're about 20 minutes away from a, uh, uh, forest preserve. So with it being this large and having this much going on, it's a lot of responsibility. And let's, uh, for those of us who've been around Chicago for a while, we know that there was a history of neglect, yeah. um, but that's changed, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I would say basically, well, really, it's it's gotten rolling in the last ten to twenty years, uh, where things. And you came on board in twenty ten, right? That's correct, end of twenty ten. And um, uh, you've you've got a full plate there, um, because as I mentioned in my blog post, and you can go to MikeNovak.net to see that. Not only are you thinking about how do we restore some of these areas that uh, have fallen into neglect, but on top of that, at the same time, we have to prepare for climate change. Yes. So you you have to multitask at we this do. point. We do. Yeah, well, we're walking and chewing gum, right? We're doing – we're both <laughs> at the same time. Um, so the, the, the main mission of the Forest Preserves is to protect these natural lands and restore them. We've, we've done a lot of damage just by being, you know, five, six million people in Cook County for – hundreds of years now we've done a lot of damage to our lands we brought all these invasive plants to mm-hmm. and we and they've taken over and so we spent a lot of time and energy and resources and in, in restoring those lands getting rid of those invasive plants allowing the native things to grow again and be healthy which is great for a lot of things it's great for all the animals and plants that, that exist there it's great for people it's just healthier it's better for storm water all these things it really works better for um, and you're right, though, climate, the climate is changing. The impacts we're seeing is we're seeing these more intense storms, which I think we're all seeing. We had the wettest spring on recorded history. Uh, and, you know, all that water's got to go somewhere. So we have to prepare 
and really uh, manage the land in a way that's going to help to to offset some of that as much as possible. And something that uh, is on your websites uh, also, uh, or on the website and various pages, is the idea that we have 69,000, close to 70,000 acres now, but you still want to expand. We do. Uh, And my question to you is, how can you possibly do that? Isn't uh, all the land taken? No, uh, there's actually, it's not all taken. There's a lot of land that is open space today. And a lot of it is farmland or, or privately held uh, for, for other uses, but it hasn't been built upon in any mm-hmm. significant way yet. And we did a study uh, several years back to, to look at what all the possible available uh, uh, open space that's still out there. And in, in three or four years ago, it was about 21,000 acres here in Cook County. Um, not all of it's for sale, not all of it's available, but if it became available and we had the resources, these are properties that we say we should take. take but, but you've got your eye on them. We were right? watching they, them. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're aware that they're out there and if there's so, resources. So are they more adjacent to existing forest preserve areas or total new areas? Um, so they're both, right? Okay. Um, so the priorities for us are ones that are adjacent to existing properties or if they're big enough on their own to purchase separately, mm-hmm. then then that would make sense as well. But generally, things that connect, we have a whole list of criteria that we use to, to look at how we evaluate property. So how is it adjacent? Does it, is it a good connector between parcels? Or, you know, what's the ecological value of it? Is it as strong ecologically? We've got the vast majority of really uh, strong, ecologically sound properties. Now the rest is out there, stuff that could be saved and restored over time. But the thought is, if, if you don't purchase it or if it's not protected through easements or some other things, uh, it'll go away and yeah, be developed it'll eventually. Be gone. Yeah, Already... The forest preserves ecosystems absorb uh, the number you guys have mm-hmm. is is one million five hundred and forty four thousand eight hundred and eighty seven tons of carbon dioxide annually. Right, and that's wow. even before restoration. That's before restoration. If you look at a map, just look at a map of the of the region, and you see uh, what's developed and what's forest preserved and what are park spaces. Uh, we're at about eleven percent of the county footprint mm-hmm. is forest preserved. Mm-hmm. So. Just imagine if it wasn't there, what would happen to our air quality and what would happen to all the stormwater that's got to go somewhere. It's, uh, we, we are doing a lot of service just by existing. So people who never set foot in the forest preserves are benefiting, whether they know it or not. I did. Uh, I went on a tour uh, about a month ago with my friend David Zaber. Do you know David? David? I think the name is familiar. Yeah. You know, he's, kind of, he's, a, he's a toxicologist and he's a, a scientist, a biologist. Uh, was uh, in Wisconsin, has uh, recently re- relocated to the south side because that's where his oh. r- roots are. Okay. Uh, also an activist, and he helped prevent a gas-fired power plant from being constructed there. So he was one of those people. Thank you, there. David. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Let's, yeah, give him a ding. All right. And I, I went down there, and we went on a tour of some of the Forest Preserve District lands uh, yes. on the south side. Yeah. And I said this on the air, but I will say it again, that – People on the north side have no clue uh, as to what's going on down there. And you're doing a lot of work. And what we got a chance to see some crews out there doing mm-hmm. restoration yes. work because it was still early. Right. There was some – was there wasn't burning going on that day, but it, you could see the, the – Brush clearing. The, yeah, mm-hmm. brush clearing and, and the effects of some of the burning. And, in fact, you could go to areas where on one side of the – road or highway you could see the burned area and you'd walk out there i've got a photo uh, on my blog uh, this morning and you could see the ephemerals coming up because right. it had been cleared that's right and you yeah. say oh my gosh this is the magic of nature they've been just sitting there waiting 
And then on the other side of the road, you'd have lesser celandine, like a carpet. Yes. This just right. covers everything, and you guys have to get to that. Right. How do you prioritize those things? So we actually um, we actually work with the Prairie Research Institute based out of University of Illinois, and um, they brought in all their scientists and you know botanists and, and high quality folks to help us assess where where we should prioritize. And what we did is we have four key areas around the district that are of the highest ecological value. Start with those. Make sure that those are protected and then start to do the work outside of those. And so we've got these areas that we um, we attack both um, with our own staff. So mm-hmm. we have staff to do it. We have contractors to do it. And then we have this magnificent core of volunteers, people who've been doing it for decades in some cases, who are out working their, these sites, doing the restoration work. And they are our best ambassadors. They're all over it. They they really are um, making a difference, and they're sort of long long term stewards of these areas. But we've we we put together a plan with experts to help us figure out how do we want to prioritize our resources. Yeah, and I can imagine that you would want to start with the ones that are of the highest quality, and then but the, you've got some. I would imagine some pretty low quality mm-hmm. too, but sure. they're but they're still part of the uh, yeah the district, and and those get attention too. So we don't neglect them for sure, yeah. and um, you know it, it tends to be places where you have a base of people who want to volunteer. And so we take those on. Some are in the city, some are in the suburbs, um, very active sites. Uh, we, we can always use more resources to do more, but we have a good plan and, and we and we run with it. We, um, this spring we burned about 11,000 acres, which is by far the, the most in the state, right? It's the most we've ever done in a single, we, we burn in the spring and the fall, right? And, and, uh, it was and great. folks don't understand the effects of that until you go out afterward, you know, you feel yeah. the following period when the plants are, it's almost like getting them, getting them out of jail. Yes. You know, right. <laughs> well, you're, you're exposing them to sunlight and things that they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't have access to before. And, and people don't, if you don't understand burning, it's always been part of our nature here. It's just, we stopped it as a society. We said, oh, we don't want fires, you know, cause people, living here native americans use burning as a tool for thousands of years and then you know just lightning strikes historically mm-hmm. you know we're part of you know so they would set fires and it would burn the land and it created this ecosystem here in illinois and so we're bringing that back and it's a it's called a prescribed burn so it's there's there's very it's a precision thing that's done it's done in a safe way if the wind's blowing too strong one way or the other we don't do it if it's it's got to meet the right criteria to actually do the work that day i've gone out with uh, jack pizzo on yes burns, yeah. and of course you have you hire pizzo to yes, do a lot of your work jack very well yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah. and uh as you say it's it, you've you've got the little gun the, and, the and it's very, and, very yeah. controlled it's very controlled i was yeah. uh i was a former former army officer and i say to folks it feels like a military military operation out there because you've got to be on the right side of the fire you got they're yeah. on the radios they're, they're doing a good they're checking the doing. wind conditions before you do it Absolutely. you know you have yeah. to check the humidity yep. before you do it it all has to be perfect we notify the local fire departments you know they have all of our information so it's it's a very clear process uh, but the effects like you said are incredible so then you get you get the burn it starts to come back a few weeks later and then you look after a whole season what that looks like and all these things mm-hmm. that that weren't growing before now they're they're coming up out of the seed bank and it's uh, you've got these beautiful beautiful landscapes yeah, I was looking at some of the photos from the uh, Cranberry Slough yes, restoration, right. and that was a, a prime example mm-hmm. of just all this underbrush and, and everything you couldn't even see. Right. Now the and lights then the after, there. yeah. I was there on Friday. It, look, it looks great. And, yeah. and it's interesting because, uh, and this you know applies uh, anywhere in the country when, you, when you're doing this sort of thing, you can tell the difference. Uh, a lot of folks uh, who are not familiar with a forest and what a forest might look like when it's cleared out see all this brush, the underbrush, and a lot of it's invasive species right. in it. Buckthorn, and, and right, stuff, yeah. and honeysuckle, and right. and things like that, uh, and then they say, "Well, that looks pretty. It's green, and it's a forest." 
But then you clear it out, and when you see the definition of the forest, uh, it's stunning. It just transforms everything. It is. I agree. And then you get you get things that that now have light on the forest floor that can grow. These beautiful plants and and things that grow. And then there's all these other animals and amphibians mm-hmm. and snakes and uh, you know uh, grassland birds and, and insects. They back, all get yes. they all get to survive. It's a better ecosystem for them. But it, it's not just that. It's not just burning. We have like a, a minute and a half here, but uh, and then we'll come back and, and sure. talk some more. I, and and don't worry, folks. We will get to the event and talk a, a little more about what's happening Tuesday at Daily Plaza from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I don't think we've said that. Uh, We'll be there at at noon Facebook Living. Right. We'll be Facebook Living at noon uh, talking to uh, Arnold Randall and Tony Preckwinkle and a bunch of people. Uh, It's called Live Healthy, Discover Nature 2019. Uh, But when we come back, one of the things I want to talk about or several of the things I want to talk about is how you're working on your climate change uh, through utilities and emissions, uh, preserve operations, you know, reducing greenhouse gases through the trucks you use and the the power tools yes. that you use, uh, learning and engagement. How do you get people involved? Ecological uh, sustainability and implementation and advancement, which is uh, more of the wonky stuff. Uh, <laughs> we can break it down. <laughs> but we, we, we can do that because oh, yeah. it's all part of the plan. And I actually put that plan up uh, on the blog, the Sustainability and Climate Resilience Plan, which followed the Next Century Conservation Plan. So, you guys have been working. We're working. It's a great place to work, so we're, we're busy. Fantastic. Yeah. That's Arnold Randall, who's the general superintendent for the Forest Preserve District of Cook County. If you got a question, and I know folks live near the Forest Preserves, 877-711-5611. We'd love to hear it or send it to Facebook or Twitter. We'll be right back. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. I'm Holly Baird. And I'm Joy Baird. We are the hosts of the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener Radio Show at our flagship station out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and a few other places across the country. And we always listen to... The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. If you're not listening in, you're missing out. Uh, They're probably not listening now if they didn't hear us already. Well, they should. Well, here's Mike and Peggy. That that does make sense somehow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it does. Uh, and we know they're listening, and we're we're happy to have the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener uh, up there catching the show. By the and way, we will be on Facebook in about thirty seconds. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Got a minute? For, well, thirty seconds. This will take a minute though, because I have to ask folks if they have a minute for their trees. Okay. Bartlett Tree Experts wants to t- talk to you about galls. 
Uh, galls are a kind of swelling growth on the external tissues of plants, fungi, or animals. But in this case, we're talking plants. They're caused by parasites, viruses, fungi, and bacteria, sometimes even other plants, insects, and mites. Basically, on leaves, they're bumps. you got a bump on your leaf, that's a gall. And as the plant health care report at the Morton Arboretum says, the vast majority of galls are harmless, even if they can be unsightly. Folks see them and they go, oh, what am I going to do? Yeah, they're kind of ugly, yes. You're not going to do anything, basically. This year, uh, scouts have already brought in a number of the usual suspects, including spindle gall, gouty vein gall, and oak (laughs) apple gall. In addition, We're we're skeet when we need them. I know, really. In addition to that, samples of maple bladder gall have come in. And I know, wait, listen to this one. There's a new one called Ash Midrib Gall. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Fine. And that's a new one. Go back one. to your breakfast, folks. Yeah, really. <laughs> ah, they're okay. Now, you can find out more by going to mortonarb.org, uh, mortonarb.org, and looking for the Plant Health Care Report. By the way, Bartlett Tree Experts is a sponsor of the Plant Clinic at the Morton Arboretum. Talk to Bartlett Tree Experts because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got uh, Arnold Randall in studio, the uh, general superintendent. Can I call you general? Is that the, Do people yeah, do that? No, usually it's superintendent, but I'll go with general. <laughs> I'm wondering. Come on. you got to have some guy uh, in your crew who says, can I call you general? And you look at him and say, no, don't no, call me that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fairly uh, antiquated title. You don't hear it very, but it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's unique. I like it. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of general superintendents no. around. Park district. Um, yeah. And we were talking about some of the stuff that goes on uh, at the Forest Preserve District of Cook County, and I was talking about your plan for sustainability and climate resiliency and all the things you have to address. Uh, without going into you know the weeds too much here, uh, I'm kind of interested in like utilities and emissions and preserve operations, how you can lower your carbon footprint sure. that way. Um, so we we had a plan we had a plan approved by our board of commissioners back in September, and, and our goal is to uh, reduce emissions by eighty percent uh, by 2050. So. Hope to be a ding on that one. Yeah, that's that's and then uh <laughs> we actually the county said, Well, you gotta go higher, so we're actually uh aiming for a net zero by twenty. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, you know, and I would I thought about that as I was looking at the eighty yeah. percent. And you've got a bunch of Democratic candidates coming out and talking about Green New Deal and so forth, and they're all going net zero yep. by 2050. So you guys got to get on board so with that we too. Cha- we changed we 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 changed it to tw- to uh, net zero. And so I think it's doable. I mean, it's, you know, it's some time, but it's doable for us. And we don't have a lot of buildings. We have buildings, but smaller, you know, not big, you know, big, big uh, buildings creating issue. Our issue is we have a lot of vehicles, right? And yeah, so that's where that's we, we can think. make a difference. And so uh, we've already, we started years ago on my tenure here, convening, con- converting our fleet from, uh, from gas uh, to propane. And then ultimately we want to have electric vehicles or some sort of hybrid vehicle. So we've started that process. Um, you know, we're not, we're not there completely, but we're, we're doing it. So our mowers have propane, um, you know, use propane instead of, instead of gas. Uh, our, our police officers, are, they've started to transition their vehicles to propane. And then we need to build the infrastructure for electric, but we're, we're starting to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And so over the next several years, we'll start to have more of a electric uh, vehicles and hybrid vehicles as part of our fleet as well. So that's where you'll see a lot of big change for us. Uh, mm-hmm. And then with our, our buildings, the new buildings that we do build, uh, they've been LEED certified. And we've gone back and we're retrofitting. Like our, our biggest facility is our maintenance central maintenance garage we're going back and retrofitting some of that too over the next several years 
Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as you do that, you you engage the public. You get them to come out. Um, you, you talk about empowering internal yes. and external stakeholders. What, do, what does that mean? Can we get away from the jargon and, and explain <laughs> what that is? Um, you know, so part of our mission is to educate. So there's three prongs to the, 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 the historic mission is to protect the land, educate the public and give the public opportunities to recreate in nature in a natural. And so the education piece really is sort of educating them. We do um, conservation at home program, which is not just our program, but we're the main mm -hmm. uh, proponent of that here in Cook County. And so we, we actually go out and help people uh, change their gardens from these more formal gardens to ones that can, you know, that will grow things that help animals and plants, you know, other small animals and bugs and insects and birds survive and do well. And then we go out and we certify them. And so that's what we've been doing some of that. Uh, internally, we're doing our green office challenge where we're just getting our staff to come up with unique ideas to, to better, to be more efficient and effective in how we use energy. We're getting rid of space heaters and all these kind of things that, that existed for a long time. I bet they people, did. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. Because you got these old uh, buildings that were not very efficient, so we're making our buildings mm -hmm. more efficient. And so there's there's all this process. But really is to educate people on the value of using natural plants and protecting these mm -hmm. natural landscapes. And so we've done a lot of that type of work. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I noticed something in the requirements um for employee engagement that uh, all the employees completing eight hours of habitat restoration are similar. Yes, right. So they're getting they're getting opportunities. So you have not everybody does the work like you have a law department and finance. So the, yeah. the goal is to get people who who uh, generally have not had that experience to get them eight hours of, yeah, of time. In connect the with the mission. Let's talk about the event uh, yes. a little bit on Tuesday, because that's that's that's. Uh, mainly why we're here, and uh, there's going to be a lot of things going on there. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of your partners uh, are, are going to be there, and, and just some of the partners uh, at uh, the Forest Preserve District of Cook County. You've got uh, Open Lands, Billy Casper Golf, Buffalo Recreation, ESPN, Chauncey's, Great Outdoors, Chicago Park District, Chicago Botanic Gardens, University of Illinois Extension, Palos RC Flying Club, Chicago Zoological Society, Suburban Aero Club of Chicago, the Shedd Aquarium, Audubon Chicago Region, uh, Water Metropolitan Water Reclamation yeah. District, L.L. Bean, uh, Friends of the Forest Preserves, and I've had them on the show many times, mm -hmm. and they're, uh, you know, those people among the people who go out and help in your forest. They preserve. do. Yeah, we're great partners. So you've got all these different folks uh, involved. Yeah, you know, so these are just the ones who are coming. The The list of partners is in the hundreds, really, at this point. We, you know, we have limited resources, and we realize very early on we need to partner, right? And and so our, our greatest asset is the land and and uh, some of the, the, the staff who have expertise. So, and so just getting partners to be involved in what we do to further promote the mission you know, a lot of it's recreation, but a lot of it's education as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've been, you know, very successful. And these are the folks who come every year or some, you know, some come or sometimes some of them it's the first time coming. And they come out and they talk about and they have, you know, sort of tables and event, you know, activities for people to come and, and walk around Daily Plaza. So it's really fun to watch because we bring the animals to and then people are walking out of their office buildings around lunchtime or a little bit earlier. And they're like, what is this? You know, and, they see, and there's a hawk and there's a turtle. And well, yeah, we're going to have animals too. Have animals yeah. And you see like the biggest, toughest looking guy walks out and he just kind of goes back to being a 10 year old when he sees these, these animals. So it's really fun to watch people's interaction with the animals. 
and then talk to staff about all the things that are going on in the forest preserves. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to ask a hawk when uh, we're doing uh, the interview. But uh, uh, So what does the view look like from uh, yeah, up there? There you go. Yeah, so right. who needs drones when you got hawks? you got hawks, okay. just put a camera on them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and there's going to be swag there for folks. Uh, please don't leave it in the forest preserves. But And, and uh, a raffle. And a raffle, right. So we give away, you know, we'll be giving away things that you can do in the forest. So we'll have some water bottles and lunch bags. We'll also have uh, certificates for a free picnic permit. Uh, can't, we have five wonderful campgrounds. So we'll be giving away some, uh, through the raffle, some, uh, some, some free passes to go to the campgrounds, overnight camping, our aquatic centers, rain barrels, and then Brookfield Zoo tickets. So Brookfield Zoo and Chicago Botanic Garden, if you don't know, are both part of the forest preserves of Cook County system. You mentioned uh, funding and, and financing uh, for the Forest Preserve District uh, and that you don't always have the money you want. Can you talk a little bit about that and and the the status of funding and, and where that's coming from and, and how that uh, plays out into the future? Sure. So we really have worked hard to be good stewards of the land and of the public dollar. We understand, mm-hmm. you know, that we're working with public money and we really worked hard to leverage that money with partners and getting grants and matching grants and all that to make it work. But if you look at your property tax bill, and I know nobody likes to do that, <laughs> about uh, 1% of your total property tax bill goes to the forest preserves. So, and that's about, on an average household, that's about 35 I would give 2% in a heartbeat. I would too, Mike, but, uh, you know, as we got to convince people that that's worth their effort. I get um, it. And so that money helps us to manage the 70,000 acres of land. And some portion of that goes both to the Brookfield Zoo and the Chicago mm-hmm. Botanic Garden. So we're doing a lot with a little um, to, to make it work. Uh, the reality is, is that we have a long-term plan. You referenced it, referenced it, the Next Century Conservation Plan. It talks about doing much more restoration, doing much more uh, outreach and much more programming. And to do that, we're going to need more resources. That's just the reality. And so we think, you know, we, we, we can show it's a good story to tell. You look, you go out and you see what's happening out there and managing the land or the campgrounds or the different activities. We think it's a good investment in our long-term future for our natural lands. All right. Uh, we've got just a couple of minutes here. I'm going to ask you a real – this is a real short answer for this one because uh, we'll plug the event one more time. Uh, years ago, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, maybe a decade ago when I was talking about this, there was a lot of noise. And I think it was just before you came on board. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of noise about separating the Forest Preserve District from the rest of the Cook County Board simply because it seemed like they had different missions. Yes. Yeah, and you don't hear a lot about that anymore. Is that because uh, you're doing so much better work? Uh, well, there's there's definitely an argument for it, but the reality is uh, there's a lot of governments in, in Illinois already, and that's been President Preckwinkle's position, is that we don't need to add any additional governments to yeah. it. And let it, she said, let us make it work. And we feel like we've done that. We've worked very hard uh, with our board of commissioners to, to really uh, have them understand and embrace that they're commissioners of the Forest Preserve, not just of Cook County. And where there have been conflicts of interest, we've been able to work it out, frankly. We've, we've worked through those issues, and, and I think, you know, we, I feel like people gave us a grade. They say you're doing a pretty good job of, of managing those relationships. But at this point, it seems like it's working. So, yeah. you know, there's not as big a push right now. And, and, yeah, that's like I said. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot to fix otherwise. Yeah, otherwise you're right. Uh, okay, the event. Tuesday at Daily Plaza, uh, this June 11th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Live Healthy, Discover Nature 2019. Uh, it's celebrating the Forest Preserve District of Cook County and the Forest Preserves, which you should go out and visit, but we'll show you how to do that talk to folks there 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 will be a chance to get program guides fishing guides maps a raffle uh animals as we talked about uh 
Peggy and I are there live streaming on Facebook at noon with a bunch of people, including Arnold Randall and Tony Preckwinkle. And it's supposed to be a beautiful day. Yes. Wow. Go figure. All right. Thank you for coming, and we really appreciate it. My pleasure. The fish are back, and we're live streaming June 22nd from the annual MPKS Koi and Trade Show at the Max in McCook, Illinois. The show is June 21st to 23rd. Learn from the pros, including the water mopes, Dr. Passavoy and his water quality team at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Exhibits and seminars are free. Their 2019 Garden and Pond Tour is at the end of July, covering the entire Chicago area. Go to mpks.org. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. Farm Forward is helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story by working with farmers to build alternatives that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, visit www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter and find out what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. Do you think you can do your live read here with this in the background? I will give it a chance. All I'll right. give it a shot because, right. well, I want to thank all of our listeners first who've mentioned the Mike Novak show yes. with Peggy Malecki. They've been walking in there and yeah. saying, hey, they heard about it on the show. And that's at City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center. So please keep doing that. But, you know, you want some good news in this crazy weather? Yes, please. Yes, City please. Grange is having a buy one, get one free sale on their fabulous organic veggie starts because it's time to start planting by golly, by gum. <laughs> That's right. So stop by this Thursday, June 13th, for their Shady Bower Bash and on Saturday, June 15th, to plant a pot for pops. That is, if you're a six... If you're us six years or older, if you're six or older. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Complimentary Excuse valet parking there, on yeah. weekends. So 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa, City Grange, United, we blossom. We still have music left. Uh, 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 bees, bees everywhere. Just because they have so many flowers there. Oh, yeah. And just humming away. Are you sure that uh, are those bees or is that the electric cords here? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Andrew. Isn't that just the right. headset? Hey, oh, I don't see Andrew. Andrew Cam. Yeah, where's Where, Andrew? Where's Cam? Andrew Cam? That was yeah, that was on Mighty House yesterday. Morning. Yeah, well, what? Did you see it? Yes, oh, yeah. yes. of course I saw. Except it. You got to close the blinds behind you when you I do know. That. Yeah, the glare was bad. Yeah. Was it, you you were just delay. silhouetted there. Uh, you couldn't see you at all. But uh, did what? Did Ron Coggle bring in his own camera? Uh, that was actually my computer propped up right here on the rim of the window into the process. <laughs> so, so how come we and don't Skype? Why don't we get Andrew Cam? You can have Andrew Cam if you want. <laughs> well, now that we it's... finally have Facebook back up, we could get Andrew yeah, Cam. So if you want to put Andrew Cam up there, it's kind of up to you. Um, maybe not the whole show. Maybe just pop it in every once every in a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 
And uh, uh, we uh, have been, you know, Peggy was talking during the information about City Grange there about planting. Um, it's we're in June and uh, it's still cool. And, and yeah. so if you've got tomatoes, I'm, I'm thinking and, and I thought it was really great information when we had Craig LaHoulier on the show the other week when he basically said, you don't have to coddle your tomatoes that much. So that made me feel better mm-hmm. about just getting them out, getting them in the ground, because what else? What what option do you have? Yeah. I mean, All right, if you're backyard gardener, what happens? I mean, if you're not a farmer and the farmers have had uh, really a hard time. I'm looking at this story. Uh, the headline in the trib, because of historic rains, less than half the normal amount of corn has been planted in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that's just Illinois. And they're and, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there are other states are even worse. Indiana's worse. If you look at the chart, it's just uh, unbelievable. Illinois has 45% of the corn. And this is of a couple of days ago. Uh, Indiana had 31%. Wow. Uh, Ohio, 33%. South Dakota has 44, so they're less than Illinois. Uh, and so this is, uh, and then my buddy Pat Sketch uh, wrote to me, and he, we've been following this story because uh, he's been telling me about a farmer friend of his. And he writes, uh, he said that, uh, and this is as of yesterday, update corn and soybean crop planting. June 8th, 2019, for Livingston and Kankakee Counties. I just mm-hmm. had a phone conversation with my farmer, Fred, regarding uh, 2,500 acres of corn and 2,500 acres of soybean. 70% of corn crop should be planted by tonight, he said. Uh, he could be completely finished with corn by Tuesday if very little or no rain occurs. Good luck on that. We'll have to talk to Mr. DeMaio about uh, that. He decided to continue planting this late instead of no further planting and making a preventive planting insurance claim with the government, which about half of the Midwest farmers have elected to do at this point. Mm-hmm. Going ahead with planting this late is a big risk. One, he says, 35 to 40 days have already been lost in growing season. Two, the corn plant will be wetter in autumn when it's still green. Uh, Now the other concern, will the crop be mature enough to harvest before the final frost? He is planting 105-day corn seed. There's actually a seed shortage now. Doesn't surprise me. Probably everybody's trying to get the shorter corn plants. The soybeans are just being planted today since there is a larger window with soybeans. Joey Joey Baird just wrote us on Facebook. He's up in Milwaukee. He says, still three weeks behind here in Milwaukee. Mud in our garden. Mm. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. And you have that issue because you've got... I don't know if you have it today, but you had, as of several days ago, standing water in your yard. It's not stand. It's standing mud at this point. <laughs> but I tried putting a few things in yesterday in selected spots. And I'm sorry, couple... I shouldn't be laughing, should I? I? You think of the sculpture you can I, make. I have little little chipmunk footprints everywhere, and and they don't seem to care, do no, they? No, but it's it's more just even trying to put the perennials in, and you dig, and you're just compacting the soil, even trying to dig the hole. Well, one of the things, one of the tricks you can do there, if you've got a problem, you know, you put a board out and stand on the board and it sort of distributes the weight and it makes it a little easier. But I, I, I have to admit, in the city, uh, in my yard anyway, I don't have that problem. 
Uh, it uh, thinks, although I'm pretty sure my uh, and Joey, I got to talk to you about this. If you're listening, pretty sure my asparagus roots rotted. There ain't nothing there, so uh, <laughs> I got to replant the asparagus. I was, I was well, my neighbor was I complaining. Was, he has a few asparagus plants, and he was looking at them, saying they're looking just really bad this year. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So it's folks, it's been tough. This is a, a tough, tough spring. We thought last year was a tough mm-hmm. spring. Oh man, it didn't doesn't even compare. Yeah, but I think with the tomatoes, as you were starting to say at the at the top of the segment, yeah, you have them, put them in. We don't know where right, the season's right. going to go, and you're going to kick yourself in August or September. I but but you know what? I think you and I are the exception to the rule. Here's what I would say. I would I would say that when it comes to something like that. You and I are the ones that are being more careful because we think, uh, well, you know, we know that tomatoes don't like cool weather mm-hmm. and we're being uh, we're cautious, whereas other people, they just put them in the ground on uh, Mother's Day and then walk away and wait. And come for, back in and, July and they look and, like Mother's Day. And as Craig LaHoulier said, I think maybe that's not a bad way to go. It's just, well, there's nothing you can do yeah. about it, the weather at this point. And uh and I don't want to give away DeMaio's forecast, but you need to uh, tune in later. I did uh, gave away a little bit of it earlier. so. Um, and you could also look for varieties of tomatoes that might be cherry tomatoes or shorter season. Right, exactly. That's you know that's that might be something that uh, if you haven't planted yet, because uh, it is it is early. Uh, you that's a, a direction you might want to go in. And one of the things about cherry tomatoes is that they'll also take a little shade. Uh, for those of us who are uh, sun compromised uh, in our yard, so uh, th- th- those—that's some advice uh, on our part. And basically, uh, you, in, in a certain way, you can't fight City Hall. The, the weather is what it is, and gosh, we never thought it was going to be this crazy, this crazy cool, and this crazy um, wet. Uh, one of the other things I'm going to tell you about—we got two minutes before we break is this article that we got. Uh, Peggy, you sent this to me, um, uh, a report in care2.com about how Costco is apparently saying it's not going to be selling Roundup mm-hmm. this year. And there's uh, been a couple of uh, reports saying, well, maybe kind of, sort of, but now it sounds like they've officially Well, the point was we it. reported on this a couple of months ago Somebody wrote about it and said, Costco's not doing this. And then we kind of started checking the background and trying to vet it, and we couldn't vet it. So we had no idea whether they were actually going to pull Roundup from the shelves. Uh, This time, the reporter says, no, I have their word on it, and my feeling is I'll believe it when I see it. So, uh, you know, and they might. They might be pulling it. And, of course, we get the usual responses to that uh, because I posted it on Facebook. And, first of all, a huge response to it. Uh, And some people saying – Good, it's poison. And the other saying, I use it all the time. And, you know, I didn't make a comment about whether <laughs> it was good or bad. I just said. Well, that doesn't matter. It just, they're going to pull it from the shelves of Costco. Apparently, that is the word we hear. Uh, as I've said before on the show, the jury's still out on whether mm-hmm. it is a uh, it, it is going to hurt you, uh, whether it's dangerous, whether it's a carcinogen. I say the evidence is leaning in that direction. There's still a lot to be determined. All right, second hour coming up. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 
Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good And you've got baby. the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And the Facebook machine is working and all that stuff. Okay. Great. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Don't care. Well, and, and I now know which callers are on which line, so we got that all, all straight. Okay, yeah, we're going to be juggling calls in the next segment, so we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you apprised of that. But uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. We're uh, well, not, you're not necessarily going to enjoy it, but you need to hear it. Okay, it's uh, we're going back to the issue of uh, uh, concentrated animal feeding operations in Illinois and the people who are nearby and what happens to them. If you're a farmer and you, you live on an adjacent property, uh, we will be talking about that because we're following up with uh, Sunset Lake Organics, which is uh, in Adams County, mm-hmm. Illinois, and uh, what they've... In the town of Lorraine. They've endured for six months now, and uh, we'll get to that in the second part of the show. However, we have some announcements to make and some other stuff to Breaking talk. news? What's the breaking news? About Sega. Well, uh, go ahead. Oh, a five? No, it's, oh, it's a 27 dinger. There you go. Okay. Um, the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards are open. If you live in the city of Chicago, we hope that you're going to enter your garden. And guess what? If you do, just for entering, and you don't, you don't have to win anything, just for entering your garden, you could win a rain barrel. We have gotten five rain barrels from the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago and Commissioner Kim du Boucle. Uh And she has donated uh, or arranged to have these uh, rain barrels donated. So if you got a garden and you were thinking of entering, and, and you know what, folks, we talked earlier. I know it's been slow this season, but at some point, you, you know, you, you're, you're going to jump in. I know it. So uh, you can go to chicagogardeningawards.org and sign up. And if you do, your name is entered to win a rain barrel, 50-gallon, 55-gallon rain barrel, courtesy of the MWRD. So we're very, it's very cool. We're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
And uh, you can, if your garden's just not quite there yet this year. It will be. Use a photo from last it year. It will be. Or use a photo from two years ago. That's fine. Or just... a photo from your neighbor's yard. <laughs> That's fine, too. And we, we like uh, cute cat pictures in the photos, too. That's but... great. Get, send a cute cat picture and say, uh, the cat is in the garden. And that's what's going to happen. Uh, so anyway, we hope, folks, and you have to be a, a resident of Chicago to enter. We hope someday to expand it elsewhere, maybe to Cook County. Talk to Arnold Randall, and maybe uh, they'll they'll help us out. Although, and the, they are one of already the... the Forest Preserve District of Cook yes. County is already one of our great partners in there, and they provide the fantastic signs. That's the other thing. You win a really cool sign, and it's full metal. We should say full metal sign. And you put it in your yard, yard, it stays there forever. It doesn't melt in the rain. Mm -hmm. Believe me, it's really lovely. Looks so, fabulous. Okay. What else did you have there? Um, next Sunday, 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 we will be live at the Custer Street Fair in yeah. downtown Evanston. That's right. Um, and we did that last year, and it was 90 degrees. Do you remember? Yes, I do. It's not going to be 90 <laughs> degrees next Sunday. I can almost guarantee it. It was 90 degrees and 110% humidity. Something like that. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. But so come out to the Custer Street Fair. I think we'll be on Chicago again. I don't have the exact location, uh, meaning the street, Chicago or Avenue. I don't Chicago know if Avenue. Avenue yes. in Evanston. Uh, that's Down by Main Street. We were there uh, last year, but mm -hmm. uh, we'll be under the big tent and uh, a bunch of shows that weekend from uh chicago yeah, i think Smart mighty Club. house is going to be live there and, and uh, playtime playtime with bill turk and carrie kendall um they're going to be there too I think so open road's going to be there oh are they okay I so, so. we're getting everybody yeah. in on the uh yeah. except for andrew who's going to bail on us i know i won't be there I'm where sorry. are you going dude i'm going to bogota colombia for a week <sighs> how do you get to go to bogota colombia through my school it's a service trip well, maybe he can get a couple of show intros for How do I sign up for us? this? I want to... Yeah, definitely. Oh, you, man. You know, Spanish-speaking listeners, I can get some good uh, good intros for you. Yeah. That sounds good. Cool. That sounds good. All right. Well, are you back for our June 22nd, 23rd weekend? Yeah. I'm okay. going to be back. Yeah. All right. So, we'll, that Saturday, I will be here. Okay. Well, the Saturday, we are actually going to be at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society's trade show and expo. Right at the MAC. Max. The Max in, in McCook, in McCook, Illinois. Uh, we, this will be our third year running, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's a Saturday. We're not third, or maybe even the fourth. <laughs> it might be, um, but it's a Saturday, and we'll be streaming live Facebook, like we'll be streaming live this Tuesday on Facebook at uh, Daily Plaza. But on the twenty second uh, at the Max, um, the MPKS. Uh, Midwest Pond and Koi Society has their big show, their trade show, and you can go for free and you get seminars and really cool stuff. And the water mopes will be there. <laughs> Dr. Passavoy. They have to outdo themselves this year. I like that. I love the, the name, the water mopes. Uh, so if you want to learn anything about koi. Uh, and, backyard ponds. And backyard ponds. These are the people. And they're really nice people. And you'll learn a ton just by wandering around and looking at the fish, because they're gorgeous. It's really, really cool. Unfortunately, they're in all in little blue tubs. So you don't get to see them in their natural habitat like you would in the backyard, mm -hmm. which is not actually their natural habitat yeah. either. But uh, but they uh, they have a wonderful presentation. So we love being there. And we're going to be there again on the 22nd. And I think around 10 a.m., something like that. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Did we get all those announcements yep. out of the way? Okay. The music's playing. All right. We talk CAFOs next on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and 
We'll be back for that right after this. When it comes to caring for your trees, you want the best science and the best arborists. You get exactly that with Bartlett Tree Experts. For three generations, training and education have been central to the work of this family-owned company. And Bartlett is the leader in safety. Whether it's your home or your business, Bartlett Tree Experts uses the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods. Call for a free estimate. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Smart farmers know that good growing starts with good soil biology. And you can't do better than with products from Tinyo Biologicals, the industry leader for 30 years, now available through Blazing Star. You'll find soil and seed inoculants, growth-promoting enzymes, foliar fertilizers, and biostimulants. Whether you're conventional, organic, or in transition, learn about Tinyo's biological farm management system. Go to blazing-star.com, and while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Winter snow isn't that far behind us, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards are already taking applications for this year's competition. Whether your garden is in your backyard, at a school, a church, a business, a community garden, or even an urban farm, you can enter as long as it's in the city of Chicago. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. Then the coal company came with the world's largest shovel Well, they tortured the timber and they stripped all the land Then they dug for the coal till the land was forsaken And then they wrote it all down as the progress of man Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County Down by the Green River where paradise lay Well, I'm sorry, my son but you're too late to ask Mr. Peabody's cold train is a holiday way. And you know, as I was thinking about this segment that we were planning to do on the show today, this song kept coming into mm-hmm. my head. And I know this song, this is about coal. It's not about... But con- it's the con- same. It's the same thing, right. Concentrated animal feeding operations, basically what happens when the progress of man comes in to uh, a rural area it's it's uh, often yeah. not not good. I believe the line is uh, they tortured the timber and stripped all the land, dug for the coal till the land was forsaken. Wrote, they wrote it, it all, all down, down as, as the progress, progress of man. man. Yeah, uh, which takes us to our guests here today. Uh, let's start with uh, Karen Hudson, uh, who works for the Socially Responsible Agricultural Project, or SRAP. She's also with Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water. Uh, Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Mike. Uh, Good to have you on the show. And with her, all right, the way we set this up, uh, please forgive us, we could take two uh, calls at the same time. So uh, we've got uh, uh, Crystal Clare is on the show, and she's one of the owners of Sunset Lake Organics with her husband, Randy. Uh, Crystal, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Hey. Good morning. Her son, Thad, 
is uh, on hold, and we're going to bring him into the conversation uh, in just a little bit. We'll <laughs> we do, do a little tag team here because that's what we can do. Uh, Thad King is, is will be with us, and Thad will get to you in a second. Let's, uh, but let's start with uh, with you, Crystal, because uh, the last time we talked to you was. The 2nd of December, 2018. And at that point, you were fighting to have uh, a CAFO uh, sited right next door to your organic farm. You have an organic. Fighting to prevent having a Yeah, prevent, right. Fighting to have a, to, prevented from put it, being put there. Uh, and uh, uh, tell us what happened uh, after we talked to you on the 2nd, Crystal. Well, on December 24th, the Illinois Department of Ag approved the um, gentleman to be able to begin to proceed with the operation. Um, my husband's here, too, and he's going to fill you in with the rest of this. Oh, okay. So that, that was uh, our Christmas present for <laughs> Christmas was to find out that they had approved him to go ahead and build the end of January, he started uh, excavation work for the manure uh, bed and uh, didn't have all the pants, but he went ahead and started anyway. And uh, then he got froze out, snowed out, whatever. And do you remember, Crystal, when they started in uh, March? Uh, well, they started back in again in March. Um, they ended up having, they started pouring concrete and don't quite know exactly what happened, but he had to um, jackhammer out over 70 loads of concrete because something had not been done correctly. Um, so he basically had to start again. Um, so all the while this was going on, <laughs> all these loads of concrete were coming down our road, which was in no condition whatsoever to accept that kind of traffic or that kind of weight. So we haven't had a decent passable road for most of the spring. Yeah. Uh, in fact, let me go to, to Karen on that. Karen, this is something that happens all the time when these uh, CAFOs get built is that the, the roads become ruined basically leading to and from and and often that's part of the equation is that then the county has to figure out are they going to put money into fixing the road for a private business uh and you've seen this before haven't you yes um in uh in the last couple of years uh there was a township in fulton county illinois who actually hired um, engineers out of Springfield to do a study of their local road infrastructure um, as part of an argument to stop a facility come, from coming in, a 20,000-head facility, and they basically came back with the answers that this infrastructure cannot support this type of traffic. And what we see is the externalization of these uh, businesses upon the taxpayers of whatever county they're going into. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to go about it because you had written to me about that and we, we talked about it before how the 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 people fighting it said, uh, well, let's go to the transportation infrastructure and use that as the basis for fighting a CAFO. But uh, in that case, mm -hmm. it, it didn't work, did it? it no. Um, the other issue is they're using local infrastructure uh, to transport manure through 
um, culverts. These giant mm-hmm. manure hoses are another way for them to transport manure off-site um, to fields not even adjacent to the facility, and that's another uh, concern of a lot of the neighbors in, in the state of Illinois. Okay. Um, and back to uh, Randy and Crystal Claire. So they began this construction. They were, they were jackhammering all kinds of uh, concrete. Um, the roads were getting uh, torn up. Uh, what else has happened in that time? I guess they fired the concrete contractor and hired a new one and started all over again. And uh, so, so far they have uh, built the all the concrete. Uh, they have the walls up, the roof on. Uh, they're they're on probably a schedule to be ready for hogs within couple weeks maybe wow that's fast that is really fast that's six months and and boom done um okay here's what i want to do here uh because i'm going to actually go through i'm going to go through the timetable that thad sent to me so uh uh crystal and randy hang on we'll put you on hold and we're going to bring thad into the uh, conversation uh you can leave karen uh line one on uh this there you go andrew uh thad are you with us I am, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thad has been really good about this because he's uh, sort of keeping track of everything that occurred. He actually sent me a timeline mm-hmm. that I want to really briefly go through because some of the stuff that you just heard from, from Randy and Crystal is included in this, including December 24th, Merry Christmas, the Department, Illinois Department of Agriculture, the IDOA, uh, approves the site. And I don't know... It, I, I assume they were just trying to get out of town, and so they did it. That's yeah, why it was Christmas Probably the Eve. last one of the year. Right. That's what I'm thinking. You know, it wasn't like sticking it ho, to ho, you. Ho, yeah, ho. right. It was just, we're getting out of town, and so we're going to approve this. Yeah. Uh, then, on uh, in uh, before then, of course, we had the elections in uh, 2018 and a new governor, J.B. Pritzker, and so he's got a new Department of Agriculture coming in. Um, on your timeline, Thad, you have December 27th, that's just three days later, uh, there's a new IDOA director, John Sullivan, who's named. On January 6th of this year, construction starts, and you write without valid permits. How do you know they didn't have valid permits for Yep. So what we actually did is, in order for us to get information from the Department of Ag, um, we have to submit Freedom of Information requests. And through that, we found out they said that on December 24th, the site was approved for construction. But um, as part of their documentation, they said, please make sure all of your other permits are in order before you start construction. Mm -hmm. So the Department of Ag told them they still weren't ready. So We went through the website for the EPA, Illinois EPA, um, and on there we were looking for their submitted permits. Um, We found their stormwater permit, um, and there's what's called an NPDES permit, but basically just think of it as pollution discharge from a site, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, construction materials, such as like hydraulic fluids, or if it's mud from the site that gets into, you know, the waterways, causes the waters to rise up because there's no longer a you know, a base underneath it in the water. Um, so we found that permit. We looked at the status of it. It said it was not issued. Construction was not approved yet, but they had already issued it. All right, sorry, let's, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. So you find out that they're uh, doing construction without a valid permit. What's your next step when that happens? Who do you go to to complain about it? So I 
contacted multiple people at the Illinois EPA. Um, finally, um, somebody in the permit department called me back and wanted a, a deeper understanding of what was going on. Um, so I, I gave them the explanation, sent them pictures showing the construction, and then they said, you know, we need to go out there and actually do a site visit to, to verify for themselves. Okay. So, and I've got here on the timeline, February 22nd of this year, the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency, or IEPA, visits the site. Uh, what happened when that they... That was like 40, 40 days after I submitted it. Okay. Uh, and yep. uh, and what was their uh, determination? So they went out there and did determine that the construction was not permitted. Um, they contacted the person, told them, hey, you don't have a permit. Um, we need you to get that paperwork filed. And that was pretty much all that happened. And then within a matter of about a week, they had submitted all the paperwork, worked continued to go on the site the whole time. They didn't make anybody stop or anything. All right. And then you've got other things going on here, like March 1st, the uh, stormwater pollution prevention plan is issued. March 19th, uh, a complaint filed for violations of the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, or NPDES, and the stormwater pollution prevention plan. Did you file those complaints? I did. And why? Um, So... So within their permits that they submit to Illinois, um, they make, you know, claims that say, we will make sure that we protect all of the land in the area, all of the waters in the area um, from any of this pollution. And so as part of that, they say, you know, here's the 15 steps that we're going to go through. One of them is as you go through construction sites, a lot of times you'll see this black fence. Mm-hmm. That's around the construction site. The, the that's silt fencing. That's yeah. a lot of the debris. Yep. So it's the silt fencing. Um, they said, we're going to completely surround this. And just to give everybody perspective, this is a pretty steep hill. So there's a flat area, plateau at the top. And then there's steep hills that go off both sides of it down to different creeks. And right next to one of these is a pond. So there's a pond about 80 feet from this construction site. They dug a trench from the pit where they're digging out for the manure, because it had rained so much, they dug a trench straight into the pond, but they didn't put silt fencing up around any of the area. So I submitted the complaint and said, hey, you guys just issued this permit for them, but they're not following what they said they were going to be doing. So then once again, the EPA had to go out and do another site visit, found out that that was true, and I know Mm -hmm. I included this in the documentation, but then through the whole process, um, they actually issued a VN, which is a violation notice, mm-hmm. saying you're not following your permit and you're damaging the environment. All right. And, and so their visit was on April 5th. They On April 9th, they issued the violation notice. Um, and then there was another visit on May 2nd uh, by the IEPA. And then on May 28th, uh, there, you've issued another complaint about runoff into a pond there, and then on the 28th, that day, apparently, same day, the IEPA responds that the enforcement process is being followed. What does that mean, Thad? Sure. So they have, think of it as kind of like a three-step process where they go through, they issue something, give a res- give chances for response, then they respond back. Well, through that whole process, it's actually 180 days or six months. So like Randy was talking about earlier, it doesn't take, you know, a year to put up a building like this. 
Mm-hmm. So they they say that there's issues, but the IEPA does not have permission to make somebody stop building. Even if they're polluting the environment, they can't actually say, hey, you have to stop. So construction's still going on through this whole process. And Illinois says there's something wrong, but then they've got to go through their internal process, which can take up to six months before they can come back and say, yes, you guys were doing something wrong, and either now that we know it and we can prove it, we can stop it, or we're going to make you pay a fine. And, you know, some of the fines are, hey, let's pay $5,000 and move on, even though you've you know, been polluting other people's properties and stuff with the runoff. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go to Karen there for a second. Uh, Karen Hudson from uh, the Socially Responsible Agricultural Project. Is is this pretty much standard procedure? Do you see this all the time? Because what, what that is saying here is that they, they, they are violating the the permit and uh, IEPA says, well, you know, we can't do anything for six months. It'll play out. And you know what's going to happen in six months. Everything's going to be completed. And now we're talking about, well, we'll find them because uh, they did something before, but it, it still affects the surrounding countryside. Is that pretty much uh, what you're seeing here? Yes, Mike, it's happening in another area in Adams County, the same type of situation as well. And what we've seen is poor follow-through and enforcement through the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency. And, um, you know, when they put this facility in, you've heard the term put the cart before the horse. They're putting the pig before the law. You know, all all we're asking is that they enforce the laws that are already on the books. Um, And there is a lot of red tape, as Thad said. But consider this. If you went to a restaurant and there was a violation in the kitchen, do they shut that restaurant down or do they give them several hundred days or 50 or a hundred days to correct it. They shut it down for yeah. public health. This is the same issue. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's something that, that, that goes on. We're going to need to take uh, a break here, but when we come back, I want to continue to talk about this and another site that is nearby. And if you went to my website, MikeNovak.net, you saw a photo which is a, a mm-hmm. kind of a disturbing photo. And if you went to our Facebook page, you saw a video, which is a disturbing video uh, about that other site. All right, we're talking to folks about a CAFO in Adams County. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. Did you know it takes almost 2,000 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. It takes only 39 gallons of water to produce one pound of vegetables. Meat production releases more greenhouse gases than veggies. Emissions from livestock currently make up almost 15% of the global greenhouse gases. Of that, beef and dairy alone make up 65%. One cow's annual output of methane, you know, cow fluffs, burps, call them what you want, is equivalent to the emissions generated by one car burning 235 gallons of gas. Talk about stinky climate change. More vegetables equals a happier planet. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. This is Mike Novak. Serious and even not so serious gardeners in the Chicago area know that there's a year-round resource that always comes in handy, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region, and it's packed with information about plants indoors and out. 
Every issue contains insightful articles by gardening pros, fantastic photos, science, and more. With features like what to do in the garden, design tips, and Chicagoland natives, you're going to be ready to grab a trowel and dig. Even I have a column in the inside back page of every issue. It's practically fact-free, and I'm proud of it. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. And yes, we are sending out an SOS. Uh, We will continue our conversation with the folks from Adams County uh, and with Karen Hudson, Thad King, Crystal, and Randy Clare. But before we do that, (laughs) and it's here someplace, Ah, hand me that sheet there. Uh, hey, thanks to all of our listeners who have mentioned the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki when they visit City Grange. How cool is that? Oh, yeah. They, uh, I talked to Lamanda. She said they're talking. They, they come in and they say they heard about it on the show. Uh, it's Chicago's newest and most unique garden center. Keep doing that. We appreciate it. Uh, you want good news in this crazy weather? Well, City Grange is having a buy one, get one free sale on their fabulous organic veggie starts because it's time to start planting. You know, regardless of the weather, you're going to have to get them out. you got a competition to enter. Yeah, that's right. The Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Stop by this Thursday, June 13th, for their Shady Bower Bash. That's one event you can t- participate in. Uh, if you come by on Saturday, June 15th, you can attend Plant a Pot for Pops. That is, if you're six years or older, you know, it's it's for kids to do something for dad. Uh, Complimentary Valley Parking is always there on weekends, 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa, City Grange, United. We blossom. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We have Crystal and Randy Clare on the phone from their their organic farm, Sunset Lake Organics in Adams County. We also have Karen Hudson on the phone. She's on hold at the moment uh, from the Socially Responsible Agricultural Project. And Thad King is the son uh, of uh, of the uh, Clares. And uh, he is... uh, part of a group called Save Adams County. So uh, I want to go to that other farm that we, well, no, before we do that, we'll do that in just a second. I want to go back to Randy and uh, mm-hmm. Crystal uh, because uh, you heard Thad talking about everything that's going on. What, how does that affect you guys? I mean, obviously they don't have the pigs there yet next door, but all of this lead up to this has got to be pretty stressful, I would think. Yeah, uh, the, the really harmful effects of this thing will happen in the next year uh, when they start applying all this manure to the ground around our farm. Uh, about 45 or 50 acres of that particular ground drains into our lake, which is our sole water source for our garden greenhouse and our composting operation. Mm-hmm. And as of this date, no one has given us any assurances that they are going to either not put manure on that ground or 
redirect the water around our lake or anything to prevent uh, the uh, runoff, manure runoff from getting into our lake and polluting it. And in our face-to-face meeting with Director Sullivan, he said anyone with any common sense at all could see that inevitably water runs downhill and it's at some point or another, it's going to carry manure with it into our lake. And then we've found uh, NRCS soil surveys that show that all of this ground that they're going to spread is uh, highly limited on its usability as, you know, as putting manure on it. In other words, it will not take in a lot of manure without having pollution pollution issues yeah and, and it's and you are a certified usda organic farm uh i would imagine that is going to affect that designation you're going to have to do testing and what if it turns out that your water has been contaminated what kind of recourse do you have at that point uh we asked the representative from the epa that one and they were out here to uh, follow up on a complaint from Mr. Peter about something we had done on some on a farm field that we had uh, done some excavation to level it. Uh, but anyway, he pretty much said that the only thing we can do is to totally pump out a four and a half acre lake and it would have to be pumped out of the watershed into the lake. You know, you would have to go out far enough to get out of the watershed that would drain back into the lake. Okay. And who knows what the cost of that would be. Yeah. And is that a one-time pump or something you'd have to do every year? Well, it would have to be done as long as they polluted it. If, If they stopped their pollution then you wouldn't have to do it again. But the fact is the EPA is not going to just let you drain this lake downstream. Why not? It's polluted. It got, know, it got polluted because they approved something uh, upstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still won't let you do it. They would probably fine us for doing it if we did. So here's our catch-22 here. You've got the CAFO that's going to come next door. It's going to ruin your business, basically, and you have new recourse. Welcome to America. Yes. Plus the IEPA you mentioned was looking at your own compost. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they... <laughs> What's that all about? We, the, uh, I understand that the CAFO, the business next door, turns around because you guys are concerned about how your land is going to get polluted, and now they're talking to you about improperly moving soil around or something like that? Who wants that? Or, or Randy, which of you wants to handle this? I can speak to it. So, Go ahead. Um, as ahead. I mentioned, yeah, so as I mentioned before, as part of that NPDES process, it says anytime you move more than an acre of dirt for construction activities, you have to make sure to protect the waterways. Um, as I mentioned, their land that they were constructing was directly over one of these lakes, and it drained directly into it. Ours, we had moved more than an acre of dirt, but it was for a farming field. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of the farmers that go out there, that they're tilling their ground every year, they go through, do everything, um, 
if they move more than an acre of dirt, they're actually exempt because when you go through and you till your ground or you, you know, run everything through, they're not actually polluting, first of all, not polluting, but second of all, it's an exemption for anything that's for cultivated crops. We weren't doing construction activities. It was simply leveling out ground so when we planted oats or when we put things on that area that it would be flatter, things, you know, wouldn't run off eventually, Mm -hmm. or if we put hay and stuff, the bales would sit there. So they saw the ground had been moved, and they filed a complaint with the EPA and said, hey, they're doing exactly what we are. You need to go, you know, cite them. The EPA came out for a visit, threatened more recourse against us for moving ground for actual farming than it did for somebody that was doing construction. on. So that's when I continued to file you know, additional complaints against the other sites for actual pollution that was taking um, place. And that's when the VN was actually issued wow. because EPA went out and said, okay, yes, you guys are polluting. We're actually going to do something about it. That's what I call chutzpah, okay, on the part of the folks owning the CAFO. Uh, Andrew, put uh, Randy and Crystal on hold because I'm going to bring Karen back into this conversation here uh, and, and keep uh, Thad uh, on the line too. Uh, you don't have to get rid of him. There we go. We've got uh, Karen Hudson and, and Thad King. Because this brings up the issue about how uh, – it takes us back to the LMFA, Karen, which is uh, landscape man- – or uh, livestock man- – <laughs> uh, not landscape, but Livestock Management Facilities Act in uh, in Illinois. We call it the Leave My Factory – we call it the Leave My Factory Alone Act. Yes, exactly. Here, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and that is something that um, – is supposed to protect people, I guess, uh, but it seems to protect big business, not so, mu- not so much of your small business. Yes, it it, it does do that. Um, we have tried to make more significant change to the LMFA, and we see quite a bit of resistance at the industry level through Farm Bureau and other industry interests down in Springfield. But uh, one of the things that we we can see is if this facility does, well, it, it's going in next to Crystal and, and uh, her husband's house mm-hmm. and fa- beautiful farm. But there's, there's a loophole that says that it can expand up to 50% of its fixed capital cost every two years. So the entire act is 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 more on the side of um, industrial animal production and not the preservation of farm ground or the preservation of the quality of life of the farm other farmers in the in the community. So um, we're seeing that it it needs change. It uh, needs change now. Um, and as a, as an aside, if Crystal and Randy decide to proceed in court regarding the siting mm-hmm. of this facility, they have no legal standing. And that's another part of the LMFA that needs to be fixed as well. Okay, okay. So, Let's, uh, uh, can I, let me yeah, stop there. Let yeah. me just explain it to people. Their land is going to be polluted by the hogs. Their quality of life is being diminished by the hogs next door. Uh, they have no standing once their business is destroyed. If it is destroyed by this CAFO next door, they have no standing because of the Illinois law. Have I got that clear? Yes, 
Yes, Mike. Okay. That's one of the things that we're, we're trying to change. And, and it seems to me that we need people standing up for the rights of individual farmers. And it's, it's not happening right now in Illinois. And I could, you know, I could go into the IDOA and the IEPA and Farm Bureau and the folks who sort of gang up on the small farmers. And I'm just going to say that they do. Okay. And that's me radio guy talking. Okay. Being loose cannon here. Uh, this is what I observe when I see this. Uh, but very quickly, I wanted to mention that your colleague, uh, Danielle Diamond, uh, has written a paper, and I've got it linked to my uh, blog post, Property Rights and Rural Justice, a Study of U.S. Right-to-Farm Laws, and they wrote it for the Journal of Rural Studies. And they said that their analysis of statutes in all 50 states finds that right-to-farm laws, while largely purported to defend family farmers, reduce rural people's capacity to protect their land through nuisance actions in defense of their environmental health and community rights. And people might want to read that. So we've got we've got just a minute left. And basically, uh, it sounds, and I wish we could go into more of this, and we will in the future. You guys, I, I want to continue to have you back. I was wondering, Thad, if you had any final words in the last few seconds here. Sure. Um, so I know you'd mentioned the other site. There's, we see several others, and there's, you know, dozens and dozens of these throughout just this county alone and you know the people don't understand the laws and know that they need to protect themselves the illinois epa and the department of ag aren't protecting it yeah and from what we've seen they're actually trying to not necessarily work in cahoots but they bounce laws between each other so they say oh this one's the department of ag or this one's the epa we're out of time sad i gotta let you go thank you so much The fish are back, and we're talking koi. We'll be streaming live June 22nd from the annual MPKS Koi and Trade Show at the Max in McCook, Illinois. The show is June 21st through 23rd. Learn from the pros, including the water mopes, Dr. Passavoy and his water quality team at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Exhibits and seminars are free. Their 2019 Garden and Pond Tour is at the end of July, covering the entire Chicago area. Go to mpks.org. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. One, two, three. 
Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we still have Karen Hudson and Thad King on the line. I wanted to get one more thing in before we go to our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio, who's got a lot of information for us as well. And that was, you were talking about the neighboring uh, property there, uh, Thad. Is that also a CAFO? It is, and it's actually, it used to be owned by the same gentleman who was building the new facility. Um, EPA came out and inspected it, and then after they did, he actually sold it to build a new one. Okay, and if you go to my website, you're going to see a photo, and it's a disturbing photo of of an open compost pit, and there are dead pigs there, okay? And you took photos of this. You actually did drones, uh, did, did flybys, and did videos of it, and we have the video on the Facebook page. The point is... This is the kind of thing that goes on, and that water from those compost piles has been, the runoff from that has been trickling into water sources in the area. And, that, you know, it's a separate, it's not the one that's being built next to your your mom and dad's place. It's uh, down the road, but it is this kind of thing that happens. And as you reported to me, those pigs uh, lay there for three weeks uncovered, and there are rules about how you're supposed to put uh, cover them with carbon sources and they didn't follow that for a long time did they get cited on that uh that um so i submitted that to the epa the epa said that's the only type of compost we don't regulate um and so then i had to turn to the illinois department of ag they did find citations on the site and left a note there to said please call us um we need to talk to you about the site um, I called back two weeks later for a follow-up, and they said, well, we're sorry, we don't know who owns the Illinois Department of Ag. says, we're sorry, we don't know who owns the site. We can't get a hold of them. So I personally had to give the Department of Ag the contact information for the owner and the manager of the site. You can't tell me that they don't know who owns the site. I don't believe that for a second, okay? And, Karen, uh, you're going to give you the final word on this. Um, this is the kind of thing that it's 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 the classic runaround, isn't it? Well, yes, it is, and you know, when we we initially looked into all the facilities in the state of Illinois uh, through Illinois Citizens of Clean Air and Water, and we're finding that the agencies themselves, uh, the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency, uh, had about a 44 percent accuracy rate for these facilities of knowing where they are and that they even exist. And those are things we're trying to get changed through the federal EPA. Um, our photos of of all of uh, the most recent things and over the last several months by Crystal's and Randy's uh, farm are posted on the ICCAW Instagram page. So you can follow along and see the things that have happened to their roads and such um, for the last several months as well. Okay. Uh, i got to let it go with that. Uh, Karen Hudson uh, from ICCAW and uh, Socially Responsible Agricultural Project, Thad King, uh, from Save Adams County, Crystal Clare and Randy Clare from Sunset Lake Organics. Thank you all. We will talk about this again in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Thank Sunday. Thank you. Okay. Have a great Bye-bye. weekend. You too. You too. Bye. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Let us immediately go to meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Thank you, Rick. Sorry about that. I had to get that last bit of information in. Oh, no, that, that's perfectly fine. I totally get it, Mike. I mean, you're the only show... I think anywhere in the Chicagoland area that covers um, um, any sort of uh, instances or you know events like this, so you need all the time in the world. And maybe a front page uh, story of the Tribune and the Sun Times would help out as well, right? Uh, well, you know, the Trib did a uh, Sun Times. When? 
Wasn't that, was it? No, Trib did a, they did a series of articles a couple years ago, the cost of, uh, the price of beef, or pork, or uh, yeah. I believe it was called. It's like a whole right. week long yeah, yeah, section. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And you know, uh, one thing we didn't even no, get. No, I'm, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a front page story about your show. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you work on that for us, please? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I like that's going to happen. I like, I like. I like the way Mike laughed. It was one of those laughs that you, you, you rock you rock back and you chair and you look up at this feeling, right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. You look up at God and you I, say, Why me? Okay, that's what <laughs> You're like Moses on, on Mount Sinai looking for an answer, right? Okay, so that's the challenge to all you media people out there. Yeah. Front page story. Yeah, right. Okay. But the yeah. point I was gonna make is those farms down there, they've also been dealing with the same stuff that everybody else is here in the Midwest, which is oh, yeah. a a lot of rain. So some of these operations, that compost is running out. It's running over oh, its yeah. banks, and it's and it's polluting uh, the waterways down there. And that's part of the problem of having, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you talk about Iowa and the cities underwater, six feet of water. That's a toxic stew with all the stuff that's in there. Yeah. Right? And it's all, if you follow the trail of creeks and rivers, it ends up in the Mississippi and then down to the Gulf. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look what's happened in in, uh, in recent years when we see this runoff go into the Gulf. You talked about the Mississippi Delta uh, mm-hmm. basically becoming an environmental disaster due to what's going on further upstream. And, you know, those are all the stories that you don't see until, you know, six, nine, 12 months later. Um, but while we're looking at, you know, the now, you're going, wow. You know, when you see an article on the front page of the Tribune, I think it was on Wednesday, that shows a farmer kneeling in his um, in his waterlogged corn crop, and even the corn that meets is only about four or five inches um, out of the ground this time of the year. You're talking about environmental disaster becoming a catastrophe. And when you hear you know someone like Max Armstrong and Orion Samuelson, who've been doing you know WGM Farm Report and also you know agribusiness shows across the Midwest, uh, come out and say this is the worst they've ever seen it. That's a big deal. And then on top of that, you know, some of these tariffs that hopefully won't be going through with this proposed Mexico deal, but still some of the um, inconsistencies we have going on with China. Um, I, I cannot imagine what it's like to be an Illinois farmer, not only looking at your crops, but also, you know, looking at what you're going to be able to do with your crops and also the bottom line. Financially, the farmers are, are basically screwed this year, without a doubt. They they really are. Uh, it, it's it's just uh, terrifying. And something else that you uh, you wrote to us a couple of days ago uh, that I see nobody else say, which is no nineties in sight. Probably not oh, even not oh. even eighties in sight. Yeah, no no eighties. Well, I think most people, if you look at their seven day, everybody's saying that. But um, this is something that the pattern has become uh, not only wet but now cool. And what you want after a lot of rain is a nice, sunny, hot, dry day. And when you don't have that, farmers understand the hydrologic cycle better than anybody. They mm-hmm. know that when you have cloud cover temperatures in the 70s, you're not going to be able to evaporate that moisture. You can walk outside on a day like yesterday. Um, in the morning, it was sunny, it was cool, and you'll get a sunburn. I mean, farmers know that. But when you don't have the sunshine, uh, that really becomes a problem. But I think we're actually we're, we're past that point. And I know we only got another minute and a half here. But what I really want your listeners to think about is how this is going to affect uh, the, 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 the food that they're buying at the stores. 
Um, mm-hmm. Is it better to go local? When you go to your farmer's market each week, ask the people who are trying to make a buck every Saturday how this is impacting them. Um, so it's, it's become really a, a spider web that has more and more tentacles uh, each week we go through this, uh, through this disaster. And it's not so much the fact that we got a lot of rain, but we got a lot of rain at the wrong time. It was basically during, during field work days and during planning days. Mm-hmm. And we, could, we can go dry for the rest of the year, and it wouldn't matter one bit. Eight million acres of unplanted corn. The previous record was three and a half million. That's wow. unbelievable. All right, give us the forecast. All right, uh, rain today, clearing tomorrow, 70s tomorrow, maybe near 80 on Tuesday, more strokes on Wednesday, and then probably 60s and 70s for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week. And how much rain? Um, probably about a half inch to three quarters. We're not going to get much out of this, so that part's good. Yeah. But what we need is what we need is some hot and dry weather. We're not going to get that for a while. All right. Thanks for your patience, Rick. I appreciate it. I want no to, problem, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks, Rick. I want to thank Arnold Randall for being on the show. And Crystal Claire, Randy Claire, Thad King, Karen Hudson. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler. Yeah. Uh, what? Is that it? Yes. It's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 